Hi, thanks for listening to Extreme Encounter Ministries podcast. We pray that you are blessed and challenged through this time and through this teaching. God bless you, and thanks again for listening. God, I pray that we would have such an... Uh, um such a revelation, God, by your spirit of who you are and who we are, God, that it would ruin us for ordinary. God, that we would totally be ruined for ordinary living. God, that we would not settle for okay anymore. That we would not settle for status quo anymore. God, that we would not settle for the norm anymore. But God, I thank you that your spirit, God, would propel us to a place of excellence, God. That we would refuse to settle for just okay. Because there's so much more, God. And that more is in you, and it's in your love, and it's in your purpose, and it's in who you are. So Holy Spirit, reveal to our hearts who you are. Wake us up in the middle of the night if you need to. Whispering songs of love into our ear, God, so that we know who you are and how much you love us. So that like Paul, God, we would say the love of Christ compels us. We're ruined for anything else. We have to be obedient because of your love. We have to respond because of your love. We have to reach into the deep pits and rescue those that need rescued because of your love. Whisper, God, into our ears. The truth, God, of who you are and your love for us. Because your church needs it. We fight too much. And we're too ugly with each other. God, we need your love like never before. So, Daddy, I pray that you would just blow us kisses from heaven. And I'm glad that sounds weird. Blow us kisses from heaven like only you can, God. That your love would be manifested in this realm through a people that are laid down lovers that we've abandoned our own desires and our own agendas and we've taken up yours. Thank you, God, for the exchange of desires in your people that it's not about what we want or what we think or what we know because we want a lot, we think a lot, and we think we know a lot. But it's about what you want. It's about what you think, and it's about what you know. So thank you for that exchange within our renewed minds, God. Thank you for revelation, Holy Spirit. I just want to share this just really quick. You guys can stay up there if you would, and you can just just stay as you are for it, because just real brief, I want to share a word with you. Romans chapter 8. Um, love the book of Romans. I've been there so much lately, um, as well as Ephesians. And just I've just been loving it, man. Just eating it up. And it's so beautiful. Um, we go into chapter 6. It talks about being, um, being dead to sin, but alive to God. How many of you are thankful for that? Dead to sin, but alive to God. And from, uh, we go to chapter 7. It talks about our freedom from the law. That we're no longer under law, right? But we're under what? But we're under grace. And we've, we've been talking, we're not going to, about what that means. But 
Um, we move into chapter 8. In the beginning, it talks about freedom, basically, from indwelling sin. Now, we have freedom from that sin. That Sin no longer has authority over you. The devil has no longer, has, has no authority whatsoever over you. Right now, because of what Jesus did on the cross, when he meant it when he said it is finished, just for the record. He didn't put a comma after that and say, it is finished, but unless you want to do some more. No, he said it is finished. And so what that tells me is that anything that the enemy would try to bring in my path, there's no authority whatsoever that he has in my life. The only authority that the enemy has in my life is the authority that I will give him. Right? Because we've been seated with him, Ephesians 2 says, in heavenly places. You've been seated because of Jesus far above all principalities and powers. And every name that is named, that means you're far above cancer. You're far above disease. You're far above depravity. You're, you're far above um, all of those ugly things that tend to define us into this world. You're seated far above that stuff. You are seated far above every addiction. God has freedom for you because of the cross. If you have an addiction in your life, God has freedom for you. And so we've been seated with Christ. And what a beautiful position and place to be in with Him. So as we understand our identity, right, we get this. We get this. You understand who you are in Christ. Let, if you don't get it, you go, I have no idea who I am. I would encourage you that that be the number one priority in your life is to know who you are in Christ. So important because, as you know, when Jesus was led by the Spirit, right, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, the very first area of temptation, actually the only area of temptation, was Jesus' identity. It wasn't the fact that he was hungry. It wasn't the fact that, like, oh, the pride and you can have all this. He had it all anyways. It wasn't that. The number one area, and we've talked about this so much, but there's someone that needs to hear this that hasn't heard this tonight, is identity. Because if you remember, the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, then command these stones, right? The first area was, if you are. And so he will use, because we are, Jesus is now in us, we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Tell me, in Christ, through Christ, scriptures there are, so important to understand that that has everything to do with your identity, in Christ, through Christ, by Christ, right? It's not that parallel relationship, like we've looked at it for so long, running alongside, holding hands with Jesus. That's a nice picture. The problem with parallels, parallel never meets, so we've become one with him. I have his righteousness now at work inside of me. And it's so important that you understand that, folks. Understand who you are in Christ. Because when we understand who we are in the hard times come, because they will. <laughs> it makes all the difference in the world when you know who you are. So for I consider, verse. I hate to start with four, because... You know, it doesn't start, thoughts don't start with four. So something before it. So read it, okay? So it says this, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. What does it say? Is that, can you put that up there? I didn't tell you scripture, sorry. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Thank you. I didn't tell you that before service. It's not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Look at this. In us. 
God reveals his glory through his creation. He receives all the glory, but he reveals his glory through that which he's created. That's such an important thing to understand because when we're understanding identity, then we understand that we are created to release the glory of God. Reveal the glory of God into people's lives. People should look at us and know what Jesus looks like. Not because what would Jesus do, but because of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so because of Christ in me, that's what comes out of me is Jesus. Right? So he reveals his glory. This is really good. Um, is revealed in us for, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. All of creation eagerly waits. That word revealing is uncovering. So we've been undercover, in other words. And when we get this understanding of who we are, the cover is ripped off. And all of creation is waiting for you to know your identity in Christ. Why is all of creation waiting? And all of creation is waiting without even realizing it because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you understand who you are, you reveal the truth of who you are to people who are just waiting for you to get this. The lost and the dying and the confused are waiting for you to understand who you are in Christ. (laughs) They're just waiting. Can you imagine that you are the key to someone's freedom. You are the key to someone's hope. Someone that's gone through life, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, you, because it's Christ in you, are the key to their freedom. And they're just waiting. They're waiting for you to get this. For the creation, listen, for the creation, see, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a creation. I'm a creature. Say, I'm a creature. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that. I'm, I'm very strange at times. Was subjected. Listen to this. This sounds weird, doesn't it? We breeze over these, <laughs> these verses that sound weird. Especially when we don't get it. We just breeze over we'll Read it real fast. But look, we don't want to read it fast because it's important. For creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Futility means depravity and emptiness. So we were subjected to emptiness by God. Why? So that we would recognize our emptiness and recognize he's the only one that could fill and fulfill it. So we were created empty. So that we would not be like robots, that we would understand that there's an amazing Father in heaven who loves us. And he says, this emptiness in you, I can fill and I can fulfill. He subjected it to us on purpose. (laughs) I remember reading an article, I shared this quite a while ago. Um, It was actually right after Transformers came out. Anyone watch that? Anyone like that kind of stuff? I was all about it. And um, when it came out, Shia LaBeouf did an interview in a magazine. And in that magazine, like he has everything. At his age, he has everything that the world would have to offer. A lot of people say, wish I had that. And his, in this interview, he said, I have a God-sized hole inside of me. 
No matter how much success and fame that I get, his quote was, I have a God-sized hole in me. Why? Because Jesus put it there, knowing that he would be the only one that would fulfill it. And a lot of times it takes us coming to the end of ourselves to recognize that God is the only one that can fill that hole and that void. I, I, I'm not proud of this, but there's been days in my past where I, I searched for, for fi- things, things and things, to fulfill me and came up empty every time. Because things fulfill for a minute, don't they? It's just like eating a, 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 a full meal. You go, oh, I'm so satisfied, but tomorrow comes along, or for some of us a few hours later, and we're hungry again. And so that's what life is like, is we fill ourselves with things, we go, this feels good. This, this substance that I've put in my body, this relationship that I've given myself to, oh, this is so fulfilling, but then tomorrow comes, doesn't it? Because it always does. And so God's response is, I am the only one that can fill that hole inside of you. And guess what Jesus promised? It will thirst No more. We have yearning and thirsting and desires that God put in you on purpose. But when Jesus fills and fulfills, Scripture says that we'll thirst no more. I'm moving along because I know we've got to go. Because of him who subjected in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Thank God for that. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Our bodies deteriorate naturally as we get older. We're waiting for that day, right? The sad thing is, as Christians, we wait for that day for everything. Right? We wait for that day. Well, I get to know Jesus when I'm in heaven. Or I'll get to have peace when I'm in heaven. I get to have joy when I'm in heaven. What a travesty when God's objective is on earth as it is in heaven. We don't wait to get there to experience the fullness of God. What a travesty. What an empty Christian life that we would just say, Oh, just holding down the fort till Jesus comes. What fort are we holding down anyway? I mean, there's songs that talk about that. <laughs> I went to an old school, and thank God for that, and I'm not disrespecting it. I went to an old school, old school Pentecostal Bible college. And I remember one of the songs that they sang had to do with ain't got time to fix the windows, ain't got time to fix the doors, because Jesus is coming back. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> fix the windows and fix the doors. Or just let everything, just let it go till Jesus comes. Oh, just lay back. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I know my heart's hurting now, but oh, when I get to be with Jesus. No, you can have a whole heart now. Because he said that. Remember in that prayer, the model prayer, that we quote, and that's fine, but it's not intended to quote. He's saying, this is how you should pray. And within that prayer, he said, this is something you should say. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth. That's our prayer. God, reveal, release what's in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy 
in the Holy Ghost, right? That's what we've read. That's the kingdom of God. That's his realm. He wants his realm on this realm. God, we say, remember the prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. We want righteousness, we want peace, and we want joy. He gives it through his body. He gives it through his body. Anyway, that's another, we, we don't have time to go into that. Because I just, I want you to hear this. I, I, I apologize for stopping so much. For we are, where am I at? No, first for the, about 24. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? That's good to understand because when you're hoping for something, it's hope. But when it comes, it's not hope anymore. It's fulfillment of hope, right? So we're not hoping anymore. So we're, we continue to hope for the good things of God, the life of God, the purposes of God within our lives. And as those things are manifested in our lives, it's no longer hope. And that's what he's saying. You've been given it. You've received it. The problem is, oh, I hope. I hope I can have that from God. I hope that I can be filled with the Spirit. Yes, I hope that I can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I hope that I can be. No, no. And we continue to stay in that frame of mind until the ta- antenna. What's wrong with me tonight? Instead of tapping into the fullness, the fullness of God, listen to me, you got to get this, like a broken record, I know, but I so want you to get this understanding and this revelation. The fullness of God does not come from the outside. Bring it, God. He doesn't. It comes from the inside. You've got all of him in you. We don't know it. We don't avail ourselves to it. We really don't tap into, well, we do, because you guys are. I, I don't mean to disrespect you. But too many times we don't tap into the power that's there, the power to heal, to deliver, right? Cast out demons. That's all yours. It's right here inside of you, right? It's a power to lay hands. He said, you will lay hands on the sick. What's it say? It's just such a natural flow, that sentence. And you, and they will recover. Do you understand it's not... It's not Pentecostal sounding at all. And they will recover. Like we, somehow we got to make it harder than it is. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It should be a natural flow of a Christian's life. That we naturally just touch people and their lives are changed. I mean, w- w- remember the disciples that their shadows healed people? <laughs> ah, that's amazing. we got to get the revelation of who we are. Ah, I keep stopping for creation was sort of, <laughs> where am I at? I'm so sorry. Save the hope. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit, spirit also helps in our weakness. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession within us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to what? Our will. No, according to the will of God. He makes intercession according to what I want. No, he makes intercession according to God's will, which isn't always what I want or what you want. And we know... Woo! And we know that all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things work out just as you planned all along. No, all things work together for good. Say good. See, goodness is what God has for you. Isn't that right? He's back there. He wants to preach. He's going to be a preacher. Just watch. 
I'm not joking. You watch. He's going to be a preacher. Watch. Watch. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, see? Amen. Um, work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I, I don't mean to keep stopping, but I do mean to keep stopping because I want you to understand this. Well, I'm not called. Yes, you are. Everyone is called. Look at that word in the Greek. It's the word invitation. Everyone's invited. See, this is a whosoever will gospel. It's a whosoever will calling. Calling doesn't always mean fivefold. It means that you are stepping in, walking in, releasing what God intended for you to release. Everyone is invited. And that it's not one of those generic mass text messages either when we talk about the calling of God or that you've been invited. Everyone gets it. And you know it's not personal at all. You ever get that message that someone tells everyone that they love them? Like, yeah, really? Because it's a mass text message. You're special. You get the message that you're special? (laughs) And 50 people get it. When you look at that word invitation, and I, I want you to do this, take it home and look at it. In the Greek, it means by name. That's important because this is the God who your hair on your head is numbered, who knows you intimately. He knows everything about you. Stop for a minute. Listen, everything, everything, yes, that too, everything about you, yet he still deems you as worthy because of what Jesus did. He still invites you. Your invitation doesn't get ripped up because you messed up. You're still invited. That stirs up stuff sometimes, but it's the truth. Okay, so I'm I'm moving on. For For whom he foreknew, let's not make this difficult. Foreknew, for, before. Knew before. Before what? Well, Scripture tells us that before we were formed... In our mother's womb, right? He knew us. So for Newman, you were known before you were. God is so pro-life. He's not pro-choice at all. He doesn't like that. He's pro-choice in loving and serving him. But as far as life is concerned, he says every life is on purpose because he foreknew every life, right? Those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Break it down. Destined, destined, pre, before. What? So he knew you before. Ah, and he purposed you before. Before you were even formed, before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye, he had purpose for your life. You don't suddenly start going to church and all of a sudden you have purpose. No, you've had purpose from the day you were born. But you, just like Shia LaBeouf, were born with a hole that only God can fill. And you can only step in your purpose when you fill that hole with him. That's good news. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, I'm reading. (laughs) Okay. I keep losing my place. Yeah. I would blame it on because I'm just so moved to the spirit, but I think it's tiredness and old old age. I'm not just going to be honest with you. But delivered him up. Wait, where am I at? Oh, 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these also he called. He invited those he, he called or he invited. These also he justified. Justified. Made right. Justified means this, that you, as if you'd never sinned. Those who he calls, he makes by the cross, listen to me, as if you'd never sinned before. Isn't that amazing? 
It's amazing if you've sinned. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you've sinned, that's beautiful sound. But for those of you who haven't sinned, one day when you sin and you hear that you're justified by the cross, you're going to go, thank God that you justified me. So when you, when you finally sin, tell me when you get to this verse, because it's so good. I, where am I at? 30. I'm trying to move along. He's justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified, full of God's glory. He glorified. He filled with glory. We have time to go into this. The word glory here is, it's the picture or the, the word there is that definition we talked about. It's the science of thinking. It's not the kabod glory, the heavy, weighty presence of God that you can feel. It's what God thinks. So what he says is those who justify, it's a science of thinking. Look at it. That's what doxo, it's the part of that, that word there. It's what God thinks. Why is that important? Because these are God's thoughts. God, like Zach said something, saying something tonight, that they, they let God be true and every man a liar. God's truth, and he never wavers in what he thinks, is thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Just like the good parent who spanks and corrects the child when they need corrected, it's because you want them to be good. So even when he's chastening you and correcting you, the scripture that says these are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future of a hope. And a hope, those are God's thoughts. So he gives us his thoughts is what he says. Note the progression. I promise I'm trying to move. He also glorified. What then, because of all of this, Selah, you got a Selah on those other things that I just mentioned because that's just beautiful what God did, how we're justified and he glorified. That's so good, right? So then he says, what then shall we say to these things? What things? The things that we mentioned in verse 18. For I consider the sufferings of this present time, the hardships, the times that we go through. He says, listen, I know you go through hard times, but you've been justified. You've been called. You've been glorified. Then he says, what then should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who then can be against you? God, that's good news. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us? Freely give us all things. Ah. Everything pertaining to life, every attribute that Jesus has, how he, shall he not then give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We pray the Holy Spirit has ministered to your heart. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our ministry, visit us at ExtremeEncounter.org.